0: I'm thinking about a September return to the Octagon. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen uh, Let's get started Straight from New York, yo, yo, this handsome man You yo, yo. are now, now. Tuned yeah. in to Aljo, the funk master Watch your grill, you get knocked out cold fast talking shit, now we talking facts with the mountain off the back You in trouble, came to burst your bubble I don't shelter punches They find home on your mind and by the devil It's the weekly scraps You don't need a map, GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash right. The world doesn't know it needs But I know this he's playing the fucker name And the fame, only legacy remains Remember the name Mace, uh, It ain't safe, it ain't <mothers> Motherfuckas. Motherfuckas. <mumbles> <mothers> What's up guys, welcome back to the weekly scraps I'm gonna have to start calling this bi-weekly scraps Because we're, miss- <laughs> we're messing up the weekly part, you know <laughs> um, But we're back uh, it's been a, uh, a little bit, so I want to make sure we got something for you guys this week. Obviously, it's a bye week, so there's no fights this weekend. It's going to be next weekend out. And um, I think that is the... I don't even know. I'm not even going to guess. Rosinho, I think I saw. But yeah, fights coming up. So I just wanted to give you guys a recap on everything that's going on with me right now. Actually, USADA came to the house this morning. And uh, I haven't seen them in a while. Probably, probably since the fight. So I thought I was going to be like, I knew it was going to come eventually kind of thing. So when I heard the knocking, I'm like, who the hell is knocking on the door? There's a ring button right there. No one's pressing the ring button. They're just knocking. So I'm thinking that one of the guys are going to wake up and open the door. They don't. So I checked the ring for my phone because I'm just up at this point. I'm just kind of ir- uh, irritated. And I see my guy, my guy Dave. And I hit the, uh, the, the mic button. I'm like, yo. I'm just waking up, I'll be out there one second, then someone lets him in, whatever, whatever. Took my test. He said, now that I am the undisputed champ, (laughs) I'm going to be seeing a lot more of him and USADA as a whole, in general. So whenever I go to Vegas or Texas, wherever it is that I'm going, and I put in my whereabouts, there's a good chance that these guys are going to pop out on me, you know? So it is what it is, and I get it. Um... It's not me you guys got to worry about. It's those other dirty motherfucking rats. Uh, I just want to say big happy birthday shout out to my sister Safari Sterling. LinkedIn is now 28 years old. Uh, you guys can check her out on Safari on IG, I think. Or Safari, S- Safari She Slays. Or so Far, so Far Slays. Something like that. She looks like me, so if you guys see anyone in those pictures, boom. It's probably her. So I did want to talk about uh, ring combat. We get out to Ring of Combat. We're driving down. I take my Tesla. My Tesla is in New York. My Camry is in Vegas. Take the Tesla down, fully charge it. One shot, we get to the hotel. So we get to the Tropicana. Wow. We get there. There's no charging station. I'm driving around, driving around. I'm like, dude, there's no charging station here. So I call them up. They say they don't have one. The closest one was like at this other hotel. You have to be staying there in order to use it. And then the other one was a parking garage. Um, And the other one was at a church. So I looked it up, and the the church, I drove around like, yo, there's nothing here. So we go to the the other place, which was another hotel. didn't work. But first, the guy didn't even want to let us out of the the parking garage. He was trying to charge us $10. I mean, it's $10. But I was like, dude, I literally just came into the garage. I'm leaving right now. You guys don't have what I need. My car is going to die. I need to... I'm going to use this money to pay for the bill for charging my car, not just coming to the parking lot and having my car die there. You know, I did that last time. I learned my lesson. I didn't charge the car. And then in the morning when we went to leave, we got up early. And then I had to charge the car. And that killed like an hour. And then by time then, traffic picks up. And now we're driving in traffic and it takes us even longer to get back home. So just super annoyed with that. So then for this, we I was able to find a parking garage. We parked there overnight. Then I couldn't figure out how to get the thing to work. It was just it was just a mess. But eventually, we got to charge the car. I just left it over there. Now, I just want to know, what other sports team has to worry about these type of things? You know, they go to an event. They get a driver paid for it to come pick them up, um, drive them down, or take their car to go park it for them. You know, not the UFC champion of the world. I got to worry about these things. For some reason, you know... <laughs> I could possibly pay for that, but it's, you know, it's a little bit of an expense, you know, it's a pretty expensive thing. I'm not like an NBA player like Steph Curry out there making it rain, um, cash money and on the courts, you know. Uh, So whatever, I got it it taken care of. But yeah, that's just one issue that we fighters still deal with that makes us very relatable to the everyday civilian, because these are problems that you would think that we wouldn't have, but we still have them. Yeah, but it is what it is. Um, what was I going to say So the, the boys They had their pro debu- uh, pro debuts Kelvin got poked in the eye Unfortunate The guy came out storming, storming at him Like a bat out of hell And I was like Eventually this guy's going to get tired You know My brother weathered the early storm He did look a little like Like um, Shocked that the kid came out like that Even though we kind of knew that Like this is what he This is what he might try to do Try to just come after you right away And that's what the kid did uh, I just was trying to make sure my brother didn't take a lot of damage in that process. I did get caught with, like, one overhand that caught him in the eye. And uh, then he got scratched after the kid threw a front... Uh, I think it was an inside leg kick, then reached out, clawed my brother in the eye, and uh, scratched the cornea or something. scratched something in the eyeball. So he has to go get that checked out in, in order to get clearance, in order to start... No, I don't want to say start training. He can train, obviously. But in order to get clear to fight for his next fight, they're going to want medical clearance that his eye is good. So... That's the game with these injuries, even though they can't heal. They want you to to get the clearance in order for you to continue to compete in a professional setting kind of thing. And that was his pro debut. So that was like two minutes into the fight. You know, not much happened other than the kid storming at him and uh, my brother just trying to defend everything. The kid went for Kimura. My brother straightened his arm, got out of that. No problem. I think sometimes he gets in his head a little bit and he doesn't realize how good and how strong he actually is. And when he's going with us in the room, it's so easy for him. I feel like, but then when people are watching, or the lights and the camera comes comes on, he kind of freezes up a little bit. And I told him about that. It's just like not being used to competing as often as myself, Marab, Al, Wyman. We've wrestled, you know, we've done judo. Well, Marab, um, all kinds of competition. So he still needs some time to get more comfortable in there and uh, get those butterflies out because you got to make it work for you. Everyone gets nervous. It's just how you handle it Um, because he goes out there and sometimes he'll catch me and something in the room. Not like actually submit me though because, you know, I can't let that happen, but um, he'll catch some of the guys and actually submit them, and I tell him, like, dude, you're actually much better than you give yourself credit for, so you got to start going out there and believing that because that's what's going to help you get your hand raised. Um, Steve, first fight of the night, split decision, back and forth fight. Somehow the, the judge scored a 10-10 in the first round, which you don't ever see. But somehow he got a 10-10. He ended up in a triangle slash armbar. They reversed each other probably three times each in that first round. And Steve had a near fight-ending submission from an ar- armbar triangle um, position. I thought he was going to break the kid's arm. This is also his pro, um, pro debut. He, same thing, I think, kind of made a couple mistakes. Um, we had, like, a code, a code word, which was acting a fool, so in case you're acting a fool in the cage, which is just doing too much, then that would help bring him back in to kind of do, do a little less, keep it simple. And he was doing a good job of that until the positions where it's like he was trying to do, obviously trying to do too much, where he could have settled in position a little bit better, um, missing out on the underhook, giving the kid an opportunity to take his back. Second round, he held held Steve's back for about, Three minutes, you know, so that was a pretty long time. And then I think he got out or reversed him at the end. So the kid won the second round. I thought Steve won the first. And then third round, the kid had his back for about three minutes again. And then that last minute, Steve came out storming after he escaped, throwing punches, body shots. The kid kind of wilted over. That was like the only damage that was really done in the fight outside of the first round with the ground and pound that Steve landed. So I I thought the fight could have went either way, if I'm being honest. I thought we did enough to win. Um, but obviously, I'm in the corner. I'm a little bit, a little biased as well. So, it's, uh, it is what it is. You know, he had a great matchup. The, the kid also missed weight. And then we had Delemi, who made his debut. I posted this on my Instagram and my TikTok. This guy, blasted this guy, sent him to the gulags. Now, one of the things that kind of annoys me is just training with these guys, at Long Island MMA, and then competing against these guys. For real, for real. You know, I think maybe as an amateur It's not, not the end of the world. But when they're pro. I think there's enough talent, or should I say, not enough talent in Long Island from a athletic standpoint in going to compete as a professional in MMA that we should be training with each other and not, uh, what would you call it? I guess uh, isolating ourselves from each other because we can get good work and help iron, like help sharpen each other's tools so we can all get further to get to the big stage um, or wherever it is that you want to go. So that is the one thing I would will say. Steve, um, he fought a guy from somewhere else. Kelvin, he fought a Long Island MMA guy, which was a rematch. And Dilemi, the guy he knocked out, um, was also a Long Island MMA guy. So it's kind of hard to jump up and down when the guys send someone that you've seen in the training room and stuff like that. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of weird in that regard. So hopefully, it's the last of the Long Island rivalry in terms of like. Matchups for these guys There's other guys we can fight From all these other states Let's go fight other people We don't need to be taking food Out of each other's mouths Kind of thing You know Um, That's the way I look at it At least Maybe as an amateur But not as pros And then we had Armando He finished up the night So after Delemi got the KO The third fight of the night Then Armando finished it off um, Got the Got the Unanimous decision win That third round was kind of Getting a little bit scary But um, he weathered the storm, he won the first two rounds And uh, got the W, got back in the win column Because he lost three in a row Which I can only imagine on, on the regional level, that can make you start to question And wonder if like you should be doing this sport anymore And uh, good thing for him, he stayed the course He fought a tough opponent and got the win Does anybody else feel like time is flying? I feel like I feel like I had a break from the fight After the fight, and normally this is like my time to chill, relax, and get things done. I feel like I haven't had a second to do anything. And my boys, I asked them the same thing. They said they feel like they're living in turbo mode. And I feel exactly the same. Like I feel like everything is in fast forward right now. Um, It's pretty tough though, but uh, it is what it is. I guess they're just trying to make up for lost time. And then I'm trying to do so much that it feels like I have no time whatsoever. And then when I get to relax when I get home to do more work, normally I work like straight through the day till night, but then when I get home, I'm just like, I'm spent. And the hardest thing that I do for my day job is training, which is the most draining I haven't even done. I've barely been doing that, you know? So you would think that I would have all the energy in the world, but I'm doing all these like little tedious things or these other things that are needed to do to, to help elevate some of the other stuff that I'm doing. And I just feel like the time is just going by so freaking fast. And speaking of that, it's Al Sterling Day on Monday. I have a day, a national holiday in Long Island, Nassau County. So check your calendars. So from here going forward, May 23rd, it's going to be Al Sterling Day. A day of self-care, a day of peace, a day of day drinking, a day of sparking up your L's. Whatever you want. Tremendous, tremendous. This is my Donald Trump impersonation. It's a tremendous day tremendous. An well, absolutely amazing, absolutely tremendous tremendous day for all the people out there that work really really hard on Long Island. Thank you. Thank you again. And I can't say thank you enough. So thank you guys for that. Actually, we, we we paraded around. They picked us up in the motorcade at the Aviation right by Nassau Community College. So I met all these big wigs. Can't remember almost any of their names. Um Cool ass people in the motorcade. My mom came out. Everybody came out. Ray, his wife, um, his daughter, uh, Diana, Steve, my sisters, Damien, my brother. So we had a we had a, a, a nice crew and we went down the road and then we turned. I thought we were just gonna go right to the high school. Then we went down Unida Avenue. We turned down Jerusalem. We went all the way down to Merrick Avenue. We hooked the left. Went all the way back down to Front Street. And we went all the way back down to um, Presto's Pizza. Then we went down Locust Avenue. I'm like, this is actually wild. This was like the craziest experience for me, um, for the town to put something like that together for for me. It's kind of crazy. I still don't believe like that actually happened. It was like, I don't know, it's like kind of like a movie. But it was super cool. Um, I, I couldn't thank uh, Bruce Blakeman enough. He's the Nassau County Executive Uh, for putting something together like that and getting Unindale on board. Well, they were definitely on board um, just for organizing the whole thing, you know. So it was cool to go back, see the young kids, and see some familiar faces in the crowd, some guys that I wrestle with, some guys that I coach. And, um, yeah, I thought that was a a cool experience. Ray got to talk, give a little bit of a speech, and I talked a little bit. And, yeah, it it was um, some good emotional moments. I got an honorary, I'm an honorary Unidale firefighter now. I got the helmet. I should have brought it downstairs and put it on my little mantle display right here. But um, got that. And then yesterday, which was Tuesday, we had a follow-up from Town of Voice to Bay. I got an honorary citation from them. And I went in. They recognized me for being a resident of Town of Voice to Bay. And uh, they gave me a nice little, um, I don't even get those papers, those citation papers. I don't get it. But. I got it. My name's on it. It's cool. They say rec- rec- uh, recognition from the 300,000 residents of uh, <laughs> of the town of to Bay, which is pretty freaking cool if you ask me. And uh, hopefully we can work on, like, lowering my taxes. You know, I'm going to call up uh, Jeffrey Provado. and be like, hey, man, what's happening? Uh, yeah, it's, I spoke to Big Sal, you know, the big wig. And he said, uh, you know, you guys want to cut my taxes in half. So, you know, I'm about to, like 12, 12 grand a year. You guys could cut that down to like six, you know. You know, help me out a little bit. You know, I want to be a good spokesman for you guys. And how do I get on the board so that I can represent Tunnel Voice to Bay? That's where the money's at. <laughs> that is where the money is at. Now, last thing I want to talk about. Um, I'm thinking about a September return to the Octagon. coming back, guns blazing. I got to get back in shape though. So <laughs> I didn't check my weight this morning, but yesterday I was 168. My weight's going back in the opposite direction. So I'm trying to get my weight back down and under control. If I can get back down to like 60, 62, i would be a happy man. So I got to stop eating all the junk that I'm eating and actually start to work out. So that's the plan. Um, my manager called me, He said the UFC wants to know like what's my, my general idea. They kind of laid out like where they're going to be in the next few months for like the pay-per-view cards. I'm really interested and I'm being straight up transparent. I'm really interested to see like who's going to be on the card with me because I'm here to make money. Um, Obviously, I'm here to whoop ass, but I'm here to make money as well and whoop ass for some money. I put my time in, pay my dues. It's time for me to get paid and uh, hopefully we can work something out and um, get on a big card with somebody. I just don't know who who's going to be on the card yet uh, for September. I'm hoping, I know John wants to make a return. I know Stipe and him were were like in the works. I don't know when they want to fight. I know John wants to fight him in August. If you guys can wait just one more month and push it back just a little bit so I can chill a little bit more, um, enjoy the summer a bit so I'm not in a full training camp all of the summer. I want to actually be able to enjoy my birthday this summer, July 31st. If you guys want, you can hit my GoFundMe. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But if you want, you could cash at me. Or Venmo me for my birthday, especially if you want money on my last fight. <laughs> no, I'm joking, but not really. I mean, if you want, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stop you, Aljamain Sterling on Venmo. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I want to be able to enjoy my birthday. <laughs> I'm cutting up. I want to be able to enjoy my birthday. So if you guys want to buy me a drink, buy me a drink. Hey, oy, oy. Um, so yeah, we'll see September. Um, I want to start priming myself up this month. Uh, for, at the, for the rest of this month, I actually have it in my calendar that says, um, start training camp for real. And my other manager, Oren, actually, like, he changed something in the calendar for me to see. So it popped up on my phone. I was like, this motherfucker is fucking with it. It's like to kind of, like, I guess, like, tease me to be like, yo, are you training for real yet? Kind of thing. So yesterday, I actually got a good, a decent workout in, and the day before, I hit pads. Um, but yeah, so right now, this is the important part to kind of just slowly get my body back into shape. Not rev, not over-rev the engine, but still be able to do the things that I need to do outside of competing. And once I do that, I can uh, really get my body ready for a training camp. Like, I'm still going to hang out, have fun. This weekend, I'm actually going to Texas. I'm going to go down to Dallas. So if people are in the Dallas area, I'm going to be there um, hanging out for a couple of days, enjoying the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, You'll probably catch me at Citizens or Blonde Bottles or Blondie Bottles, whatever it's called. Uh, So if I'm in the area, you guys in the area, pull up, say what's up. Don't be crazy, though. Don't be crazy. Be cool. Be cool. I'll be cool if you be cool, you know. So I'll be down there hanging out, and um, then I'll be back in Vegas. Going to shoot some more content. And then I'm actually going on the Joe Rogan show So you guys, look out for that one. That one's going to be cool. A cool episode. I'm looking forward to that one. Chopping it up with Joe again. I told him I'll be back once I won the belt. I did win the belt, but I was like, I want to wait till I like win the belt the way I want to win the belt kind of thing. So we got that done. Hit Joe up. We're going to be back on the show. So I want to talk about all these good things, the things that we got in the works. And um, especially for OnlyFans, I got the subscription services coming soon. Right now it's free. Um, I haven't been posting too much on there, but I'm going to be bringing like an MMA tutorial. So I just want to give you guys a little bit of a teaser for that. I'm going to be teaching everything from basics to intermediate level to advanced level for my MMA enthusiasts out there who are competing or just love MMA and just like to train. Um, So it's a good way to learn self-defense or just to get in shape. And uh, if you want to learn tactical things from my point of view so that you guys can see what I'm seeing out there and kind of give you more of an insight from a professional level at the highest level and uh who other than uh you know the world champion of the world (laughs) so I look forward to doing that I think it's gonna be some fun content because I don't think anyone's really doing that right now and I think you guys are gonna enjoy the stuff that we put out um so definitely stay tuned because I think that's gonna be a game changer and I'm super excited to get that done um so that's going to be, hopefully, we roll that out after the Rogan, which will be, like, the first week of June or so. And then that's going to be, like, a monthly thing. And then when we do that, you guys, please put the, If there's any techniques that you guys want to see, like, specifically want us to go over, I know everyone's going to say, show your back take, show your back take. You know, I don't want to give all my gems and my back takes, but I will show some stuff for the back take. But I don't want to give, obviously, the, the high, high-level stuff that I'm doing... Um, for that specific thing, but I'm definitely gonna show stuff that's that I use in my fights. So, you know, I'm gonna be looking to break down clips, show you guys what I did in fights, and and analyze it, break it down for you guys to understand, and then showing how to do it in the from a technical standpoint in the room, like demonstrating it kind of thing. So, this is gonna be fun. I'm actually really excited about this, especially if we shoot it the right way, which I know we will, because um, we're not gonna put it out until it's done the right way, and. Um, I'm excited to show you guys this. I think it's really going to be a game changer and really elevate a lot of your games out there. And even if not elevating your game, it's going to elevate your mind and your knowledge of the sport. And I think that's that's the main key. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be dropping after the Joe Rogan podcast. So around the first week of June, I'm excited to get that done and get that out there. And again, like I said, September is the return. I think more than likely, um, possibly TJ, possibly Sayudo. I don't know where Sayudo stands in the USADA pool. In October, they go back overseas. I'm not going overseas. Um, Stay my ass in the States. Um, Last time I was about to be forced out there, good thing. My neck actually didn't cooperate with me and allowed me to train the way I need to train so that I can actually compete and win. Um, So this time, I actually would like to opt out respectfully, respectfully, um, of going to Abu Dhabi. So... I look forward to that. Um, and I think that's that's really it. So you guys are in store for a lot. We got a lot in the works right now. Mr. Taekwondo guy is doing a good job uh, so far. Uh, he's been getting roasted since he moved out here. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> so, they don't even know who Taekwondo is. Taekwondo guy is Jake Fine. Um They don't know who Jake Fine is. What, what was I going to say? Oh, and lastly... You know, I want to keep this podcast under 30 minutes, but since we got, we're at 23 right now. Lastly, another main thing that I want to talk about, don't forget to drop your comments below so that I know what techniques you guys want to see so that we can start to backlog these things and get them ready for you guys so, um, to see a subscription base on OnlyFans. And Funkmaster MMA is my name. So sign up now, get ahead of the curve because um, we're going to put out like one thing, basic, and then we're going to start charging. So get in while it's hot. We'll probably do like an early bird discount. And then uh, after that it'll be the regular price. That's gonna be. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about was Michael Chandler. I was gonna call him something else. I was gonna say Michael Uncle Tom Chandler, but obviously he, you know that, that doesn't really you know make any sense. You know he's not black, but <laughs> I just thought it would've been funny. Um, I like Michael Chandler. He's a cool dude. Every time I see him, super cordial. No problems with him whatsoever. But I think it's a little bit different and ill-advised for someone to be saying the things that he's saying that's kind of discrediting all the other fighters out there. Michael Chandler fought for Bellator. He made a shit ton of money for Bellator. He was the world champion Bellator. I think he was also a national champion in the Division I level. So he has all those things going for him. The average fighter, the average fighter comes up. They're not a wrestler. They're not a national champion. They didn't become a Bellator champion. They don't have all those credentials and accolades. They don't come from money. And I'm not saying Michael Chandler comes from money. I don't know anything about his backstory. I don't follow him like, like, like that. But he doesn't understand that the situations of the other fighters, clearly he doesn't understand this because he wouldn't have said what he said if he did. The backstories of the other fighters that aren't making the type of money that Michael Chandler is making, and that is the difference. I think once he under, once he looks at it from a different perspective, different set of lens, I think he would change what he was saying. But him saying like Dana Weiss had had 10,000 sleepless nights. Michael Chandler, you've been competing since you were uh, uh, coming out of the womb, pretty much. What about all your sleepless nights of training, cutting weight? What about all the other fighters training, cutting weight? Like... You can't say all we do is go to the gym, train, sleep, sleep, and repeat. Some of us have second jobs. I had a second job all the way through my career until my a sunset, not even a sunset fight, after I beat um, Toquino, After two losses, two split decision losses where I thought I was potentially going to lose my job. I have a college degree. I would have been making more money doing that in the beginning, early beginnings of my career if I just stuck to that. And I would have been making more money than what I was making from fighting. I came into the UFC at 8 and 8. $8,000 to win. $8,000 to show. So if I step on the scale, I show up, I step into the octagon, I make $8,000. Before taxes, before expenses, just to get to the fight. Travel expenses, all that. Food. We're not talking about any of that equipment. We're not talking about any of that included. Then I make another $8,000 if I win. Now, minus pay for coaches. I pay 5% to Ray. 5% to Matt. And I'm talking back then. This is obviously a different tax bracket. Um, obviously I'm making way more money now. Um, but now I'm in a different tax bracket. But in the beginning, eight and eight, five percent to Ray, five percent to Matt, ten percent to the management. Um, then I pay taxes on whatever is left that I keep. I don't have an LLC at this time. I'm just I'm a pro fighter just getting to UFC. Okay. So I I don't pay my my Um, I don't get the the benefits of writing off expenses at this point in time in my career later on I do but still at this point my second fight is 10 and 10 third fight is 12 and 12 my last fight on my contract is 14 and 14 now you guys do the math I would have been making 56k starting in Long Island as a physical education teacher in Long Island $56,000 for the year plus benefits plus a retirement so when you weigh that out For Michael Chandler to say that the fighters just wake up and just go to sleep, we train, go to sleep, that's kind of like, so do you not value what you bring to the table for your bosses? And this is not to disrespect Dana, not to whatever. I'm not trying to get into a fighter pay thing, but at the same time, it's like, bro, you can't say there's no issue with the fighter pay because you're sitting at the cream of the crop. Like right now, I can say I'm good. I'm at the cream of the crop. I'm at the top. I'm getting paid pretty damn well at this point. It's still underpaid for what it could be based on the numbers that have shown what the revenue split is between the fighters and the bosses. Right? So that's one side of the spectrum. Now, if Chandler was coming into the UFC and making his typical debut of 12 and 12, um, actually now I think think it's 10 and 10. It might be 12 and 12 now. I don't know. So I I can't speak on that. But it's either 10 and 10 or 12 and 12. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. The company and say he's making 12 and 12 as a debut guy when he fought Dan Hooker. Hot commodity, but got 12 and 12 coming in. Probably unrealistic because obviously what he was getting paid. But that's what the standard guy comes in, like a Patty Pimblett, super popular, right? Pretty much sold out the entire arena. Himself, damn near, but himself. Tom Aspinall, Patty Pimblett, Molly McCann. But for the most part, the people who the the most, the person that most of the people came to see. Was Patty freaking Pimblett? Obviously, they came for the UFC show because it's the freaking UFC. Everyone comes out for the UFC. But who are they coming to see at the UFC event? Patty Pimblett, are you justifying Michael Channel? Are you justifying that it is okay for Patty Pimblett, who's selling that much tickets and bringing that many eyeballs, for him to just get twelve and twelve? And obviously, he didn't pay his dues yet. But this is where there's an issue with popularity. Does this, this guy sell tickets? And then I'm on the other. I could play devil's advocate. There's some people. Let's say let's throw out a name out there who people might not know, a Justine Kish, or um, uh, who else? You know who else was is not that popular? Wasn't on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I'm drawing blanks because I just I just know personally know everybody. But let's say the guy who comes. Uh, damn, I wish I had a roster in front of me. See, this is why I want to. Make sure I had this. You know, I'm, I'm doing this off the dome, guys. You know, let's. I'm just. Let me just think of another fighter. Let's say the guy who just fought actually just recently, C.J. Vergara, just fought, just beat the um, the Brazilian guy, close split decision win. That guy comes in. He. How many people are is he selling tickets to? I mean, he had a decent crowd of like 10 people, I think, that were there for him, his family. Versus a Patty Pimblet who's coming out selling thousands of tickets, kind of thing. So. When you start to weigh those pros and cons, I get it. From a UFC standpoint, the marketing standpoint, you can't build a model, at least this is what they tell us, kind of thing, by overpaying everybody. Well, we're not overpaying. You're just kind of just paying what the level of the UFC is at, kind of thing. Obviously, you get to a certain threshold. Now, there should be a bottom line minimum of what everyone should get, which should be enough to sustain themselves from not having or needing to work another job. And this is where it kind of gets long-winded. And I don't want it to be like that. Uh, but Michael Chandler's point is just saying, like, you know, Dana put in all this time, which he didn't. Thank you, freaking Dana White. You are a godsend. You are the man. You have helped elevate the sport like no other. 100%. No disputes about that. But now we are in a different time where we are in a different shade of light. The sport is nationally recognized. Dana's always throwing out the numbers of how good and how high – um, we are ranking as the top sport, top growing sport. So then that should reflect in the fighter pay. So I get where Chandler is coming from, but at the same time, it's kind of like, dude, you, you're discrediting how much time and effort you put into brand yourself. You can't say that the fighters need to be doing all this YouTube stuff. And why do we have to do that when the NBA athletes don't have to do that? The, the NA, NFL guys don't do that. The, uh, NHL guys don't do that. Because everything is copyrighted and owned by those big organizations. And they do also have associations for the fighters where they get some type of health care or whatever it is. Some type of benefit where there's a, there's a, 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 a interest, a, a like-minded interest for their athletes. We don't have that. So for us to say like we should be grinding and doing that, like I get it. Because that's something that you should do anyway if you want to just brand yourself outside of your sport. But we shouldn't. That shouldn't be a requirement in order for you to get paid better than what the guys who are just coming in are getting paid. Full disclosure: my my last fight, I made 400k. 400k. That's before taxes. That's before I pay my coaches. That's before expenses. So after everything is all said and done, and I owed money in taxes from last year because of COVID and everything, the things I have to do from my personal side of that. I had to do it with family and stuff and take care of family and pay stuff like re- remodeling this, remodeling that kind of thing. So I owed money. I probably walked away with about 110 and now I get to spend that and I got to budget it and I got to put away money for savings. Got to put away stuff for my investments. So now I have to budget all this out in order to make sure I don't go broke. So, yeah, it's, it sounds like, oh, you made a shit ton of money. Yes and no, on two sides of the coin. And, guys, I do know that you could do write-offs and everything because I know there's going to be some smart ass over there that says all these things, oh, get yourself a better CPA, blah, blah, blah. Dude, trust me, I'm doing pretty damn, I'm doing okay. I don't go spending my money, and I live in Long Island, which is one of the most expensive places to live, and I'm doing pretty damn pretty damn all right by, by any standard, I guess. Um, so my, my my whole point is just going back tie this all together is Michael Channel, you can't say that man you're in a different position if you came in making what these guys were making and had to grind your way up I can respect you saying that but you kind of came in with the silver spoon and as they say the Dana White privilege and again I like Chandler I'm not discrediting him or anything talking shit about him I'm just giving the facts here like we can have a debate about this civil I love what you're doing in terms of like adopting kids and everything like dude who wouldn't love that? You know, great family guy, but I think you're um misspoken when you're talking about those things because you don't you don't relate to the grind of what the fighters had to do to get to a position like a Usman coming off the Ultimate Fighter or Um who else? Uh a Blokovic, um, um myself, uh people who came in from the mud. Got it from the mud and worked their asses all the way to the top. And again, I'm not saying that you didn't earn your stripes. I'm saying in terms of fighter pay and things like that, you just you're just not in that position to talk about it because you came in one of the most highest paid guys on the entire roster when you came over from Belltor. That is not the same as what the guys who come in like a Patty Pimlet, super popular, probably just as popular as Michael Chandler, and getting paid peanuts. It's freaking peanuts. For what he's doing and the type of... I don't know. This is a, such a uh, an argument that could go so, so back and forth, um, depending on who you ask. But the, end of the at the end of the day, I think, Chandler, you and I could agree that there is more to spread around for the fighters based on the numbers that have been shown and revealed because it is now a publicly traded company. And I'm not saying the UFC doesn't do a great job of making sure that they are making millionaires. But to say that we couldn't be doing more, couldn't be doing better for the fighters, I think that's an understatement. and Or should I say, I I think you'd be lying to yourself. Is probably the the better word for that. Um, But it is what it is, man. Uh, I think brighter days are going to come eventually. And as of right now, we just need to keep doing what we're doing, keep plugging away, and hopefully those brighter days do come one day. Um, So other than that, I'm gonna wrap that up. Oh, one other thing I want to say is the pay-per-view model. Now that we're with ESPN, I've been thinking about this kicking us around. With cable vision, I think it's after 200,000 or 250,000 that we then get to count towards the buys that we get paid out for pay-per-view. I get pay-per-view points because I'm the champ. Most guys, 99.5% of the roster, does not get pay-per-view unless they are the champ. Maybe a Masvidal, maybe a Dustin Poirier, um, Conor McGregor. Those guys probably worked it in their contract that they get paid, whatever, Izzy, whatever, outside of becoming a champion kind of thing. If they were to ever lose a belt or they're not a champion right now. Most of us, standard contract, you only get pay-per-view points if you are the champion. I've only said this ad nauseum so many times that people still are mind-blown by this. The pay-per-view model with Cablevision back in the day they had to hit the threshold to get the split, right, in order to, for you to make money off the pay-per-view sales. And I don't know if 2,501 5, 2, starts to count as one sale or if you get all the sales before that to get, like, added towards your pay-per-view points. Or if it starts at zero and goes to one at 250,001, pay-per-view buys. And then that's your first sale that you get. And then everything else gets counted. So I don't know. I can't speak on that. But I do know that the split starts after 250,000 buys. I do think now with ESPN buying the company and owning the company that we should maybe revisit that model and start from zero buys. Because now that it's between the UFC and ESPN, they are the platform. I think now with Cablevision out of the picture... We should restructure it and go like, hey, all right, now that it's just us two, let's take care of the fighters and, you know, give them their pay-per-view cut from the very beginning. My stance has always been, if you're on a pay-per-view card, you should get pay-per-view points. It's that simple. The UFC is not silly enough to put on people on the pay-per-view card that's not going to drive numbers. They put Sean Molly on there for a reason. You know what I mean? The guy obviously makes more money outside of fighting than he does fighting you know so when you have situations like that those guys should be taken care of and I know we're in the same weight class we may fight one day he may fight Marab Um, it is what it is but I am always going to be pro fighter making more money I don't see how you could not be if you're a true fan of the sport or a fighter it's that simple in my opinion but it is what it is Um, other than that that's it for the podcast today sorry to go on that crazy rant I, I don't like doing that but um I do think it's important to talk about these things. And uh, again, Chandler is, that, is, the, is is that guy. Um, but seriously, bro, just because you're sleeping in your e- Egyptian cloth sheets, and I'm not saying you actually do, but I'm just saying you're living pretty damn good. Um, you wouldn't be able to adopt kids if you were in a bad financial situation. Most people in the roster who coming in to debut, first contract, those guys don't have those luxuries. And that's all I'm saying is to, to say that we had... All we have to do is train and that's it, dude. We need the money in order to even hire these camera guys. We need the money to hire guys who could do the content for us. We need the money to hire guys who could do our PR. So and if you're going to say those things, it comes from somewhere. Somewhere that money needs to come in in order to fund those type of things that you want to have. And that's what I'm saying. So you have to make it make sense. You can't just say all these things because we don't have money to begin with. So that's that. Um, other than that, thank you guys. Don't forget to hit that... Like button. Don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to share it with your friends. Drop a comment below. And uh, I can't wait to get back so we can start talking about the fights again. I'll see you guys later. Oh, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. Or spin it back, fist, baby. Back, back, fist. Like this. Or like this. Peace.